Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the 13th of January, 2022. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet, Mar- Internet Marketing. Uh, Dave is here, man. He's in the house. Happy 2022, Dave. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, happy uh, happy 2022 to you as well. A shame to have not been able to be in our like introductory um, introductory one, but I hear you had a good show. Heard that through the grapevine. It was a fun show. Christine sat in. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff that's happened around the web. Um, and yeah, it was a, I know it was, it's a weird show going into like, you know, 2022 with the Omicron outbreak and feels like uh, Groundhog Day all over again. Yeah. Um, I'm having a, I've been wanting to do a show on, on mental health in the industry. And it's almost seemed like uh, every show that we do has some weird mental health angle these days. Because I got to tell you, these are hard times. I mean, um, I, 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 I don't know about you. I know that, that, that you and Mary just went through an Omicron burst. Um, I, me and Sean just went through one. It's, um, it's hard times for people, right? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not fun. <laughs> how are you, how are you guys doing? Um, I, I got it really, really light. Um, like I, I was, I was very, very fortunate. Um, mm-hmm. like I had a cough and felt a little tired, right? Like just the literal definition when they go, and this one can be mild. Um, I was that Mary did not fare, um, a, a quite a, as well, but is, uh, is pleasantly on the mend, um, now. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, um, and you guys did okay. I had a similar experience. We had a similar experience. Um, I was double boosted or sorry, double vaxxed and boosted all Moderna or spike vax. I, I love the name spike vax. It's like the punk rock vaccine. Um, and I would have gotten boosted 10 to 14 days before um, I think I was exposed. So I was probably as protected as possible. Shauna, on the other hand, not so much. She'd only, she's only been double vaxxed. Uh, I think she was double vaxxed with Pfizer, um, but she, she was too young to get, to get the booster shot in Ontario when, when I got mine. Um, I got a cold sore, and I felt tired, like, like listless for a couple of days. Um, she went through a uh, debilitating flu where she could you know, barely breathe and get out of bed, and for four or five days, she was worried about having to go to the hospital. Um, her dad's in the hospital right now with COVID um, in, uh, in, in a pretty precarious place. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird time. Well, I'm glad you're both okay, at least. Um, yeah, we've come out the other end, but uh, terrified of going back in again. Yeah, yeah. And ironically, just for, for on, the, on the, the humor side of it, um, as I was just about to be crossing out of my, now, now I can come out of quarantine zone, I get a text message going, you're now eligible for a booster. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> come on. Well, uh, 
Go anyway. get that booster. I'm telling you, if I didn't have my booster, I'm I'm shudder to think of what my experience would have been like. Yes, I will. I am going to hold off um, for a little bit because they do say probably wait about a month uh, after. So I, I'll be holding off for, for another few weeks. Oh, but. oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but and now, now we, you're we should, eligible. Age. And now, now I'm allowed. Yeah. Um, so a lot's yeah, we, happened. A lot's, lot's now I've happened in the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, a lot happens in two weeks, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, apparently two or three days ago, there was a, another Google um, rankings update or a search, a search ranking update. Um, we live in a time, like like one of the things we talked about last year, which is how much change happened, you know, last week, I should say, is how much change happened in 2021 and what the implications of those changes might be over 2022. And uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I don't know if you heard the uh, Search Off the Record podcast, uh, uh, John Mueller, Gary Ease, and uh, Martin uh, Martin Split. You know what? I they haven't talking... because I listen to it while I go running, and I haven't been allowed out. <laughs> but oh, <I> will. harsh. <laughs> listen um, to the most recent one. I think it was two days ago that they released it. It was um, interesting conversation about. Uh, how much information Google should give out about core updates and whether they should give information on the core update is happening at all. Uh, cool conversation. And, um, you know, as in most things, SEO, the, uh, the lines over who thinks what mightn't go the way you think they do. For instance, okay. Gary eyes, Gary Eyes wants, appears to want to give as much information as possible about a core update. He seems very, very frustrated with Google's current modus operandi, which is to say, we're starting a core update uh, a week from now, and then several weeks later to say, remember that core update? It's done now. That's it. That, that, that's what you get from them, right? Right. In the podcast, in the conversation between uh, 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 Gary Martin and uh, John, Gary says pretty much straight out, his team knows what's in the core update and what's, what it's supposed to do. They understand why they made it and why it's being implemented. It probably comes down to something Google's already said, build good content, don't buy links, don't, don't uh, try to fool our algorithms. Um, this is how we suggest you structure your site, et cetera, right? right. They've given great advisement on, on what webmasters should do, given the ample advisement over the years. And usually the core updates are all about implementing those ideas one way or another. Mm-hmm. And the guys who write them, the, the engineers who write them, they know what the update's about. But again, Google's rule, in-house rule is we tell them when it starts, we tell them when it stops, period. So Gary's like, well, either we should tell them everything or we should tell them nothing, because what's the point? You know, it's just dumb. Then there's just a whole bunch of speculation and people go off in wrong directions and time is wasted, et cetera, right? Yeah. John comes in and says, well, you know, webmasters at least want confirmation that what they're seeing is real. You know, um, we can't not tell them something's happening when something is clearly happening, Right. Well, you know what? I, I disagree, and, but only in a, I've seen them do it before. <laughs> so clearly they can well, not tell us something, even when we all see something's happening. But 
but they shouldn't. You're right. And I think that's what he was getting at. <laughs> anyway, it's a very cool conversation. And um, it's only like four or five minutes long. But in that time, um, little bon mots of information get dropped. Martin, Martin Sweat, for instance, admitting straight up that Google has trouble with JavaScript. Should should they, if the core update covers the JavaScript, should they talk about that or not? Well, how will webmasters react to a little bit of information without context, eh? Right. Well, and that's a pretty um, critical one, I, I would say, at least anyway, is if they go, oh, we've dramatically improved our rendering systems, you might not need pre-rendering now, test it <laughs> like, and let us know if you can't. That would be one where I would go. Yes, you shouldn't let us try and figure that out because we won't know, because we won't test it, because we won't know that we can test it, um, to, to your point, um, I, I think, and, and to Martin. So that's, that's an example where they 100% should go into great detail <laughs> as far as this is what we have, have done. Uh, well, what do you think? Do you think, Google, you were around in like the early 2000s. You were, you were an SEO in the, in the late 90s. You saw what SEOs did. You remember the green toolbar page rank bar and what that did, right? Like how, how damaging that was to Google um, to, to give that, that piece of information out. What do, do you think they can be forthright? Or, or do you think that basically all they can do is sort of go, yeah, we're fighting spam. Like that's it. Like there's an update. You know, John says we should, you know, at least notify us that a core update's going on or something. Great. Yeah, there is one. Maybe extend it to with Gary. Yeah, we're fighting spam. Do you think they can give us much more detailed matter or will we break things <laughs> if they do? Well, this is the quandary, isn't it? Um, yes, we will break things with just a little teeny bit of information, but not all of us will. Some of us will try to build better things with that little bit of information. Um, I like to think that one of the messages of, uh, of this show has always been um, Google gives you information. Here's how you use it in a way that benefits you and, and how you avoid using it in a way that doesn't benefit you. Because um, that's what it really comes down to, eh? either, either what you're doing is going to be beneficial or non-beneficial. Um, Google has said quite clearly how they want to see information structured, um, how they want to be fed information. Um, and I don't know. I don't think it's been, I don't think they've been terribly complicated or, or opaque about it. Um, they just haven't come right out and said, here's the secret sauce. But, but in the game, in the very high pressure world that we live in, um, every, um, Every inch, every centimeter is uh, monitored and hard fought for and could actually be worth thousands and thousands of dollars a day in, in relevant traffic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you give in that kind of environment, if a little bit of information will cause people to try just about anything to improve their situation. Can Google give a better representation of what they're doing without causing a stampede? Probably. But it's been, what, 15 years since Florida? Um, <laughs> since the Florida update? And I don't think they've 
quite found that framework yet. Right. It's been long enough. It's been 20 years since Florida. Again, they, they, they haven't found the framework of how they give the information to people yet without us stomping all over it. Like, like, like tr- we're trying to make wine out of grapes. Yeah. And we are like, that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do. Um, so, so I think that's, it's interesting to hear them debate it. Um, or like, it's funny. I'd, I'd actually, I haven't listened to it, but I, I have, I, I've read that little bit of the story. Um, and knowing that they're discussing it is interesting. Um, but it is funny where, you know, there is no right answer. Once again, like every SEO question, it depends, right? It depends on the update in something like, okay, core update. We can now render JavaScript properly. They should actually be quite out there and go, here's exactly what's going on. (laughs) Like, here's exactly what we're doing. Um, Here's exactly what, and okay, there's a couple little black hat things you could get really creative and probably do with that. But for the most part, being really, really clear on this is what's going on. This is technically what's going on. This is how you need to crawl us, right? Or or this is how you now need to like, make sure your JavaScript is functioning when we crawl you. Um, You know, this is what happens. Whereas if it's an update to go, oh, okay, this is how the different pieces of our machine work. Um, We've done a show long enough, regular listeners will know, all of our brains just light up and go, oh, okay, a, how can I use that? Um, and then B, how can it be abused? Right? Like, even if I'm not planning on abusing it, how can it be abused? Like, we've all been doing this long enough to go, how, how can it be abused? If nothing else to go, can it last? Right? Like, can, can this last? Or, or what are my competitors maybe going to do? Or, or, or what's, you know, just academically interesting to go, how could you wreck this? Um, so too much detail in a lot of areas gets, I, I think, a little, a little gray. So I, Basically, that's my long-winded way of saying I sympathize. There is no one-size-fits-all answer for all of them. So I think John's gone with the safest in all scenarios. We can tell you when it starts and stops. Um, I do think a little more detail along Gary's line of just like, this is kind of the area we're trying to look at, at least would be would be handy. So we're not all sort of like trying to figure out what's, what's going on, but at least go, oh, okay, you're fighting spam. Okay, now I can look at the pages that dropped and go, why would they think that's spam? Um, right. And, and those sorts of things. But. Well, one of the reasons I think it's really important that uh, Google be more transparent. I'm, I, I'm definitely on the side of uh, give more information on what's happening and try to create a better standard for people to adhere to because we'll build a better web that way. Mm-hmm. Um, assumably, <laughs> um, it could be that Google has its own evil, terribly evil reasons for suggesting we do this, that, or whatnot, but I'm going to go with, they probably want a smoother functioning machine. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the most likely reason they, they suggest these things. But the important thing is people invest time, money, expectations, etc. in, um, trying to do the right things for their clients or for their businesses or websites or whatever. Um, uh, 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 SEO, um, Aleda Solis, for instance, had, uh, had a, um, a poll asking SEOs where they're going to be throwing their, their priority, where, where they're going to be throwing their energy uh, in 2022. Now, Google's been really clear. They, they, they say if there's a core update that happens, there's nothing you can do about it, except maybe improve the content. 
because it always comes back to content. Every every piece of advice around updates comes back to core comes back to content, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the uh, two major articles about um, the uh, 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 the uh, uh, podcasts. The search off the record podcast of last week, the one that was in Search Engine Journal by Matt Southern, or um, the one at SE Roundtable by uh, Barry Schwartz, both of the articles come back to Google's advisements on there's nothing you can do technically or with your website during a core update because, well, it's a moving target. You're probably not going to, you know, but it's probably about content. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can do is improve the quality of content. So, um, uh, uh, Aleda has this uh, a survey. 55.3% of SEOs are throwing their energy towards content this year. Uh, 23.7% are going to go towards technical SEO. 17.1% towards link building. I think it's worth mentioning the two things in this conversation, uh, the, the poll and um, the conversation between uh, John Martin and Gary. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about clarity. This is where people are putting their energy, their time, their uh, their efforts, and uh, how to say it. We're not all pulling in the same direction for the same team to build a better web. That's idealistic and silly. But in a way, we are. Because we're all making the same machine or working on the same platform. And Google wants to advise on how to build the best platform. And it... Uh, seems to always turn back to content, which is what they've said quite clearly. So they should be more, more transparent about it and how to do this. Why one set of content is better than another set, um, more detailed. What in, what in the detail? What in the richness? Why does Google decide this is better than that? Um, yeah, I know it's quite complicated, but I think if given details of what the core updates are trying to accomplish, um, we'll get better at figuring out how to help them accomplish it. Yeah, it, indeed. Now, one thing that I found interesting about that survey as well, like just to like touch on, I, I think what you were alluding to, like in the, in, we're not all pulling in the same direction, but we, we sort of are at the same time. It was interesting because when I looked at how the breakdown and, and sort of like the wisdom of the masses, right? Because um, I, I looked and went, oh, okay, 55.3% content, 23.7 technical, 17.1, you know, links, and then another, you know, 3.8. I'm like, yeah, that's, that actually, that actually sounds like a good breakdown of a campaign. <laughs> I just, okay, let's break down my resource allocation about like that. Most of it to content, but some good, healthy, like technical architecture sort of stuff. And yeah, about 17% of my time should be spent link building, right? Or the resource allocation. And then there's going to be some other miscellaneous stuff that comes up. So that gets 4%. So at the same time, I looked at that list and went, okay, each person's only answering once, but on the whole, actually looks like a pretty decent resource allocation for a lot of alloc- uh, for a lot of campaigns <laughs> just to break it down in, in roughly the the percentages um, that, that I'm looking at in, yeah. in the latest poll yeah if you got to be doing your time planning that's not a bad way to break it down um, <laughs> 55% good content 20% towards technical SEO and uh, uh, yeah another 20% towards link building that leaves you with five percent 
which you can use to smoke drugs or drink as much as you, as you possibly want. Right. Maybe, I don't know whether that's um, before or after the link building, but probably somewhere. Oh, definitely after the link building. <laughs> don't do it before. So if you, if, 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 you try, if you if you smoke a joint before link building, you're not doing link building. Like you're just not going to. You're going to walk away from it and go play video games or chase butterflies in the backyard or something infinitely more fun than link building, right? <laughs> Probably. That's so true. So don't do it. Big, 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 big pro tip. Don't smoke pot and do SEO at the same time. Um, well, don't do link building anyway. Also, if you are going to be smoking pot or drinking while on the job, which a lot of people are doing now that everyone's working from a home, don't write content because uh, Google might have a hard time understanding it. Mm-hmm. You see, there was a fun piece a couple of days ago, uh, Barry wrote in the uh, Search Engine Roundtable about um, fluff content, just craptastic content that people put up just to write about something. Yep. We've all read it. it. Yeah, and I think I suspect much of many of us have written much of it as well. Just you know, sometimes sometimes our jobs require us to be content factories. And I remember I had a job where I had to write about bathtubs. Probably used this example on the show before, but God, it was terrible. <laughs> that was fluff content. Um, there's how to for years SEOs have been worrying about duplicate content, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you should worry about duplicate content because Google doesn't want to rank ten examples of exactly the same thing. Right. But often it's not the duplicate content on a page in a paragraph, um, in a description or whatever that gets a website called out. It's that Google doesn't understand why that content is being used in that context. When there's other content that content that could be used, or it's not really meshing with other stuff it finds on the site or around the same page, it's obviously fluff. And often that fluff is very similar to fluff found all around the web because everyone copies and pastes and uses and steals from each other. And that's um, more likely to be confused with duplicate content. To, 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 to get you ra- your knuckles wrapped. Yeah, and when you think about it, like, doesn't content. it absolutely make sense, too? Because that's a, one of those scenarios where they can go, and even if it's not, even if I'm wrong in my assessment that this is duplicate content, it's still fluff. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you can go, it's one of those, even if I'm wrong, I'm still making the right conclusion on whether something should happen, i.e., should I show this in a search result or not. Um, you know, do we need another, I don't know, to pick on eHow again, like years after they got like their knuckles wrapped, but like, do I need another eHow on how to bake a potato, right? Like, no, I don't. Um, you know, so um, yeah, I, I think it, it makes sense. It's one of those, didn't surprise me, but I guess they had to say it uh, sort of stories. Google has come right out and pretty much said that they don't really care about duplicate content. They're not going to promote you for that content, but they probably won't demote you for it either. It's the pattern of providing craptastic stuff that nobody needs. And it's not even that you're getting demoted. You're not. You're just getting ignored. 
somebody's providing better stuff and they're getting promoted. You know, it's, it's funny to hear to. you. It's funny to hear you say that because as you say it, I'm like, oh, the longer we're doing our, our job, like in, in, in this podcast and, and the longer we're SEOs, the more we start to sound like I used to mock Google. <laughs> like it's not a sandbox. It just looks like one where it's like, and, and you're right. You're hundred percent right. And I, I would have said it exactly the same as you did. And it's hundred percent right. But like, it's not <laughs> that they're demoting you. It's just that they're ignoring you. And it's like, but that's, if you're you in that scenario, it sure feels exactly the same. <laughs> like, the well, feeling indeed. of that is going to be the same. But here's the thing. If you want to hear it that way, then you're like the four-year-old having a tantrum in the sandbox. Right. What I hear is, oh, shoot, somebody has written something better than me, so I got to get back to the table and write something better than them. Um, and that's, 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 that's it, right? Like, that's how you got to look at um, the, the Google's not stopping you. And maybe, 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 maybe we're all just so sad. We're not getting the great Google's attention. Um, Easy. We don't work for Google. Google doesn't work for us. It's just a platform. It's, it's only a platform, but the platform has rules. Now, there's a way to climb that mountain. And if you climb it the wrong way, you're going to fall down and break your head open, which is, you know, gross <laughs> and messy and, not beneficial for anybody, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you climb the mountain right, you'll probably climb the mountain right. Right. And if you don't, well, and then all your sounds... competitors thank you. So that's good. Indeed. <laughs> um, hard, cold. So somebody earlier today sort of accused me of uh, working for Google because um, I said something quite negative about Google on, on Facebook. <laughs> Heavens, huh? Oh. <laughs> Um, and so they, 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 they suggested that I was, you know, coming out of my culture of fear because I'm often telling people what Google said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind. So the thing I said negative about Google and then, and, and, and you know what I want to say this publicly, I am Google's doing something really evil. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a surprise, but it's really disappointing to me. You remember um, a couple of years ago when there was um, the um, tech spring, sort of, and in 28... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, this is pre-COVID times, but when tech workers were stepping off the job because their companies weren't living up to their expectations around um, rape culture, sexism, um, uh, promotions, racism, etc. Yeah. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at clevertap.com. That's clevertap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami-Dade College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. Well, this really, really freaked out the tech companies. It scared the heck out of them. Um, not that the tech companies are bad necessarily, but I mean, scale. These corporations are so massive that when you, you could, uh, Larry and Sergey are not bad people. They're actually very conscious. Um, I, 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 I don't think they are misogynist creeps, personally. I don't know that, but I just don't think they are. But when misogyny is raised as an issue at a corporation as large as Google, there's going to be 
a great deal of weirdness in that behemoth's reaction to the accusation. There's going to be positive stuff and negative stuff and bad reactions and, you know, good reactions, et cetera, right? Yeah. Um, this is a bad reaction. I'm going to describe a, a bad reaction. Um, well, Project Vivian, it was uh, written about in uh, yesterday's, yesterday's uh, version of um, Ars Technia. Google went out of their way to hire a um, union-busting uh, consultant company under the name Project Vivian, um, basically to engage employees more positively and convince them that unions suck. Now, (laughs) we know this happened because Google's in front of the National Labor Relations Board and a judge at the uh, NLRB, uh, Paul Bogus, um, unfortunate name, um, has demanded Google release documents about their relationship with uh, with the union busting consultants. This is a problem for me, and I think it should be a problem for people in the tech sector because um, how to say this: the tech behemoths are pub- are the size of governments and making decisions about information in the information uh, environment that we live in. The people who work for them have to have a say over um, the the hows and whys of that work, um, or we, the public itself, have no say over it. You know what I mean? They're private corporations. There's nothing we can do as the public. But there's thousands and thousands and thousands of tech workers that act as our proxies. And uh, Google and many of the other tech companies are trying to suppress them from doing that. That's how I see the story. It's a fair way to see it. Sorry? I said that's a fair way to see it. I think Uh, so. (laughs) Um, I know there's other ways to see it. You cannot, you know, give... There's a reason we have boards of directors and management structures. There's a reason why we have uh, decisions by, by process rather than decisions by the mob. That All that makes... All those are perfect counter arguments. But I, I tend to, well, you know what, and, and this gets into like just just personal leanings, right? Like uh, I, I tend to lean to the if there's a, a massive um, you know power and equity between one one side and another in a, in a negotiation, it becomes unfair. So balancing off that power structure, i.e., I have the money, i.e., we have the labor. Together, we need to work to make sure that this entire behemoth continues on. So I, I look at it more from that standpoint when we're talking about unions. Um, in this case. And so yeah. I, I do tend to go, if it was going to naturally form, it should naturally form. If it was just going to die on the table, it should die on the table, right? Like workers should decide whether, whether they want to or, or, or not. But anyway, that does get, I, I understand the massive complexities that, that opens up and that there are people who are incredibly intelligent and, and well-meaning who will disagree with me and assume that hopefully I'm intelligent and well-meaning. We'll just going to disagree on whether unions are the way <laughs> to get there. But you and I, I think, do tend to agree on this one. Although in this instance, we like different aspects of it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, there's most certainly a, uh, a, a power dynamic, um, a disparity, and the way government is dealing with it is to come down with um, the threat of regulation. 
but it's almost like do things the way we want you to do them, or we're going to regulate them, regulate you, like make these results happen, or we'll regulate you. And that's wrong. That that's that's. I don't want to see government get involved like that. I'm terrified of seeing government get involved like that, mostly because our government up here in Canada, the government in the United States, um, well-meaning people who really don't seem to understand how the machine works, right. <laughs> like at all. And I'm terrified of people who don't understand how the machine works trying to. Like, there's a reason I don't drive a car. I actually I know how an internal combustion engine works, but um, I just don't pay enough attention to be trusted with a car. Um, I feel that way about government. They just don't understand how the machine should work, so they shouldn't drive the machine with technology. But there has to be a mechanism where where people can affect, you know, how these behemoths that really run our world evolve that's like, that's, a, a, that's a, a, a unique and very compelling argument you could make jim you could send you in there and go guys unions are your defense against government regulation it's <laughs> like, true though i mean i hope i i, I know these, i know that somebody somewhere in the depths of google is listening to, the, to this podcast and then they have a machine listening to it uh, keyword emergency. You really, you guys should should pay attention to this. It'll, it might <laughs> save your companies a half decade from now. Uh, okay. okay. So when does that rant? Where shall we go now? Good? Well, um, we can go to the use of machetes as a tool of uh, SEO. Sounds good. You know what? Here, actually, here's what I think we should go to before before because it's it, it's a there's an article over at Search Engine Journal by uh, Ludwig Mackham, and I, 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 I hope I'm, I'm not mispronouncing his name. I apologize. It's about uh, it's a, basically it's a guide to using Cloudflare uh, for SEO. Mm. And I want more, like, yo, editors at SEJ, if you're listening, um, more of this sort of stuff, please. Um, I, it's, it's, this is a, a definite must read if you're working with like sites that are distributing over content management systems or, um, not sorry, content distribution systems, CD, uh, network CDNs. Um, yeah, definitely worth the read. Yeah. And that's funny. I haven't read it. And now I'm like, well, now I need to go and add that to my bookmarks. I don't know how I missed that one. But <laughs> I think it was published uh, about an hour and a half ago. It was, it was. I think it went up earlier today. But um, I'm, if uh, if anybody over at SCJ is listening, and we know they will be next week, um, this is the kind of stuff that is really, really long term useful for the industry. Well, that's interesting. And um, your your friend of mine, uh, Detlev, um, had also posted, and this was, but it was over on. Uh, search engine land is where my like hiccup was and it was yesterday um, a piece on cloudflare um and using cloudflare web page test for your to to improve your core web vitals or rather to a b test improvements on your core web vitals so i i, I was heading to the wrong story and i'm like oh but clearly that's a hot topic right now um yeah, absolutely and if detlev put something up at a uh, search engine land i haven't actually it was a rush to, to get to air today. I didn't actually see the article at Search Engine Land. If uh, Detlev published something there, absolutely. Yeah. Like, unquestionably worth the read. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, um, okay, and, and now now I've got another one to read. Um, so, perfect. But I will save that until after 
after our show today um, for, okay. our, for our listeners so that I don't have to listen to me reading it out loud. Um, Another one that came up just a few minutes ago, um, quote from John Mueller, search quality guidelines were never written for SEOs. <laughs> Why do you think he had to say that again today? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I like, I, I know I saw that and I'm like, well, that's it. It would just be like two words. It depends if you were writing it for SEOs and then just move on. Right. But, um, I, I think if, if I'm going to guess what, what his inspiration in making that declaration was, it's probably that I do find that SEOs often get a little too granular, um, when they're looking at it and sort of like, it says this, so that. Right. Like, so if it says one thing, then that means that something else must be happening at Google. That's not really how that document, in my opinion, should be interpreted. It's it's meant to like view it as a whole, take in what you can in principles, but it's not meant to be any sort of guideline. Like it's not a guideline for SEOs. It's a guideline for what they're trying to look for in quality. But that's that's all it is. It's not a recipe um, for for how to write the content. You know why I think he uh, he felt he had to write that in, in Twitter today? Why is that? Because of dumbass questions like this. This is this was covered in uh, in SE Roundtable, and I again it's one of those I can't understand why there might be logic here. So please, if there is, explain it to me like I'm five because I don't get it myself. But Gary. Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, not Gary. John John Mueller had to respond to um, somebody asking if they should block countries with slower internet access because when they looked at those countries uh, through the core core web vital scores, they were skewing uh, core web vitals. You see, because mm-hmm. their their access they make the site is slow when accessed from there. Yeah, um, you know I. I, I, I saw that one and I actually had to give it a, that's an interesting hypothesis. Like I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought to even test that. Um, but what they'll be, what I imagine their anchor is on, on that in, in principle, and it, it makes sense logically to me, um, for a user to look and, and run their core web vitals and look at the way the metrics are presented and go, okay, we have our lab data and we have our field data. So we have what Google sees when they run it, and then we have our what the average user around the web is going to be experiencing. And understanding that Google clearly has access to both, and they're going through the, 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 the resource allocation to go, we're actually gonna collect this data from the web as a whole. And then consider to yourself if there's places that have slow access and they're slowing down that field data, might it be better? to just block that from even making it into the field data. Um, you know, to, to just as, a, as, a, as an idea of going, oh, okay, if I have a subset of my data that is just fundamentally flawed or, or is going to fundamentally pull down my average, should I get rid of it? A lot like a school would, I'm not saying to do this, schools, please don't, it's a horrible practice, but go, <laughs> you're our bottom 10% of students and we need to up our average. So you're gone, oh right? <laughs> and then just leave what remains in your average goes up. That's kind of what they're doing. Uh, I, I, I understand where the hypothesis came from. Uh, I think John's answer was great. Like 
what you would potentially why lose would you do that? does not make up for for the for the for what you're gaining there. Like this is this is not it's not as granular well, potentially, or or maybe it's more granular. Like, well, I'm I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. No. Google <laughs> understands that the web connection in um, some countries or some places is slower than in others. Mm-hmm. But that's not where Google is. Like you said, the lab data. Um, I think that is of actual importance to Google. How fast is it when we measure it? I, um, I don't honestly don't think Google cares how fast your web is in a slow access area. A website is in a slow access area given that your competitors is also very likely just as slow. Yeah, and I think this person's uh, a narrow hypothesis pipe is a narrow pipe for everyone. Indeed, but I think their hypothesis would be if they're aggregating that data, then I can take. But the they aren't though. Google doesn't right. do that. Why would right. Google do that? That um, makes no sense. And that's and that's where it circles back. But I, I I'm going to give the person a pass on like it's an interesting idea. Like to me anyway, I was like, oh, I I don't know that I would have thought to to do that if I was like looking at something that that like looking at that specific metric that granularly, I don't know that I, I, I would have, there's some interesting tests you could probably run, but it's such a light signal. I don't even know what you would get from that. Like it's, it's just not a, you'd be gaining so little that I'm not sure you would even know, uh, which is, I think even part of John's point going, even if we do, which you can't confirm or deny, do they use field data in that way? I would suspect they probably do as like a cross check versus their own data or something. Make sure that in the field, the site isn't a train wreck that's like somehow catering to Googlebot in a different way or something like that. Um, but it's already a fair, like we know, it's like a, a tiebreaker metric. So now you're going with a marginal or almost negligible impact on a tiebreaker metric. <laughs> like you're, 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 deal, you're getting so granular that almost anything else you could do on your website probably literally yeah, again, all, po- anything else you could do will be more important than that uh, yeah, and, and as john said if you're able to see that this is having an impact on your core web vitals from this country you're getting a lot of traffic from that country you yeah. really want to get rid of it right well exactly um and i mean if you really want to have some fun with that if you had enough that it was going to impact you maybe just build like a subdomain version of your site catering to that country and funnel it there. Right. Like if, if you're really like, if that's, if that's the like tangent you're going down on fine, just like drop it somewhere else and just impact that one with just that country's impact. Right. If you have enough that it matters that to block it, then you, it has enough that matters that you could move it and create a, a duplicate for just that, uh, just that country. Uh, anyway, it's it's it, uh, interesting because we've ended up talking about that specific test for for quite a bit, and I, I don't know that I would have predicted that we would have. <laughs> well, it, I, I think because it kind of reminded me of this other debate in the SEO industry, which I think was settled, but it seems to be up again. Um, the use of the disavowal. Hmm. Um. Again, uh, John Mueller has had to come out and say, look, when you're disavowing, you got to think of yourself going through a jungle with a machete and you're just hacking away. And I don't give me links from a domain. Give me the entire domain if it's that bad. Um, and uh, this is reminiscent of, uh, of uh, 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 
Matt Cutts. He said the pretty much the exact same thing like what, 10, 15 years ago. Um, this isn't a scalpel, it's a machete. Are you still do you still use this eval? I ever, do you ever run across that? I I have um like used it and recently I'll say in the last couple of years. Um, I've used it. I'm not one to go in. I haven't had a client under any sort of attack, um, like backlink attack or anything. Like I do monitor for that and go, okay, if I see like an unnatural spike, then I, I actually would. Like I'd go in and go, okay, somebody's trying to mess with things right now. So I'm going to go in and disavow all these like new craptastic links. Uh, but I, I, I don't use it much um, anymore. I get what they're saying. One thing I think would have been good to have locked in on as well, or, or at least maybe given honorable mention is John says whole domain. And I, I don't, I think that part could be misleading to people who might not, not know what they're doing. Um, but then any other answer would have been misleading as well. What he's meaning is like, you, you go duck hunting with a shotgun, not a sniper rifle, right? Like just like fire it off, clear out as much as you can, right? Like that's 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 what you're going to do here. Where I think technically what he's saying might be misleading is, to list an example, there's a whole bunch of very good subdomains hosted on WordPress. Bunch of them. Like the very good whole websites there. If you end up with some spam on a sub coming in from a subdomain on WordPress, it doesn't mean you need to block all of WordPress. You can block just the subdomain. And that's where I think just that you don't have to block a whole domain. It's actually a subdomain. It was just an oversight in wording. And I think it would have been misleading if you'd gone in different directions like www and not non-www. Like you, you could have made things even more confusing. But for our listeners, that is one distinction I would make is yes, it, you are going in with a machete, right? Like you're just, just cleared out. But if you found a bunch of crap links coming in from a subdomain on an otherwise good domain, it was just like some user generated content um, and they just happen to be spammers on like you know, Viagra sites that are just linking and they've scraped your content or something, just blocking that subdomain. You don't have to block the entire domain and, and clear everything. It's just to make sure you've got a catch all that's going to catch everything coming from that, that location and, and that site owner. Um, that's there just you my, my two bits anyway. Uh, well, I think people are still investing time trying to use uh, disavow like a scalpel. Um, that's, that's the impression I get from the fact that, that John devoted any time to answering yeah. that at all. Um, and so, yeah, don't do that. It's not useful, really. But if you do have a problem domain, thwart it. It, indeed. And I think, I think it is good advice. And I mean, but realistically, like all you have to do is think about it, right? And go, if there's a, if there's a link on this site and I want to say, I don't want that, then it's probably a bad domain. Now, an exception I can think of, and this isn't brought up in here, but what if you've hired an SEO who went out and bought links, right? Like just, just actually was purchasing them. And what if that SEO bought you a link on Forbes, I'm just picking. And you were just like, due diligence, I want to be a good citizen of the web. I'm going to completely disavow all of the links that my, my bad SEO purchased for me. So I'm going to disavow all of these. But what if you also have good links on the same domain? <laughs> like, what if you did? Um, 
Would you want to disavow those? No, you wouldn't, but you might want to be honest with Google and go, I don't want these counted because they, they weren't ethically attained. You probably wouldn't. I don't know that you would do that anyway if you were okay with the strategy to begin with, but... Um, well, I mean, that's a weird thing. I mean, what if you're not penalized for them? That's, right. that's the thing, eh? Like, like why... And this is, this is... I don't even know if this is an ethical question or just a strategic question, but why react to something that... <sighs> it could be a problem, but it's not a problem yet. Um, and it might be a problem, but you don't know it's going to be a problem. That's a tough one. Um, why were you hiring those people to go and buy those links in the first place? Right. And if you've got good rankings, do you want to sacrifice those right now? Right. Like, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of questions that only your own tolerance for risk, like each business owner's tolerance for risk is going to drive with the answers, right? Like I'm not pretending there's a right or wrong. I know I wouldn't do it um, because my tolerance is low because my clients appreciate that. <laughs> like my clients don't want high risk strategies um, coming into play there, but some business owners are fine with that, right? I mean, you've probably met some. I've met some. Um, nothing. Oh, I've met some who want it. to, who very much want to court the risk. Um, but I think, uh, and this is this is probably the last one we can touch right now um, mm-hmm. before before it shows up. I've also met a bunch of business owners who want to keep something they had going going that Google doesn't really support anymore. Um, have you seen an uptick in soft 404s in, uh, in, for your clients? No, I haven't, but I know where, where you're going. Okay, well, I've seen, a, a, I have, a, I have a, a number of uh, fairly large e-com clients, um, and many of them... Um, Especially, especially with the the uh, supply chain being really flaky, um, had rankings for products that are either out of stock or no longer being stocked at all. But you know, they might be stocked sometime next year when the supply chain gets back together again. Mm-hmm. And so, they were getting good good placements, good 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 good, good placements for pages relating to these these items. But they just can't get these mm-hmm. items into the country right now, and so they don't actually have them to. To, to, to ship out to their clients, so they have to put an out-of-stock uh, bug or an out-of-stock uh, uh, symbol or whatever on every one of these pages. Mm-hmm. So this is what a soft 404 is. Um, a, a real 404 is a file not found. Google went to make a request of something and didn't find it, so it's a 404. A soft 404 is expected information not found. And it's repeatedly not found. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll excuse yeah. it if it happens, if you go out of stock once or twice. But if it happens every time they hit the page when they're re-rendering over and over again, they're going to give you a soft 404 and judge your entire domain against against a... You got a bunch of them and they repeat over and over and over again. Um, those are those are likely the cause of soft 404s that, that SEOs are seeing and Google ain't happy about it. Right. And that makes sense. Okay, so again, 404, file not found. Soft 404, expected information, repeatedly not found. Right. Seeing a no okay. results found know, on a search page or something. Dave, I know that you have a hard stop at the top of the hour, um, and that's about a minute and a half from now. So we're on our way out. Um, but this was your first show in uh, 2022. Next week, we got uh, Danny Goodwin yep. coming on on his uh, last day at uh, SCJ. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. That will be. 
Two weeks from now, we have the SEO Clarity guys coming back again with another massive industry study. Awesome. Um, last words of, the, of your first show of 2022. You know, I just, I, I wish this is going to be a, a, an interesting year. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful year. Uh, so just good luck. <laughs> Buckle up, though. I think we're in for a <laughs> lot of core updates this year. I, I'm just predicting we're going to have more core updates this year than we had last year. Okay, friends, it is top of the hour. We've gone full clock. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the 13th of January, 2022. Be safe. Get vaccinated and boosted. Rank well. Be kind to each other. Stick around the network. There's more great content coming up, and we'll talk to you next week. Well, bye, everybody. Yeah, I got to jump, too. Uh, Sean has been trying to reach me in the last few minutes. Cool. Cheers. Big hugs. Talk to you guys later. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.